Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 611. Science Faction, killing your kidneys and killing your pig heart. Almost sounds like a metal album, like killing you, like, but I guess like aimed at retirees, like metal retirees. Oh, we're taking a medication that's been known to kill your kidneys and your heart. This party's gonna rock till 745. <laughs> Call your grandkids late, everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, and speaking of the elderly metal fan of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is my geriatric slasher himself, none other than comedian Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how you doing this afternoon? Unless slash is like a term for just crushing ass, then um, I'm going to have to disagree with your nomenclature. Uh, also, I think that uh, uh, with Metallica aging, like there's going to be a point where only a few eight members of Metallica are there and they're showing their age. Yeah. If I'm running an ad company at that time, geriatric Metallica. Like we just pitched a commercial earlier in this episode. By the way, just you saying the word Metallica could actually get us sued by Lars Ulrich. So you should stop. <laughs> I'm also I'm downloading songs on Napster as we speak. Oh, my computer has a virus. Oh, dear. And if you guys want to get a virus into your brain, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Search Robert Timothy on Patreon. You can get a whole extra episode of Science Faction every single week with I Call BS, which goes up there, as well as a bunch of cool swag, stickers and magnets, and our awesome new line of shirts and hoodies. See, I just don't get it. If you're Lars Ulrich, I mean, I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but as I understand it, he's the worst member of the band. For him to also be the shittiest with the fan, that's like if Ringo Starr or anybody but Fred Durst of Lip Biscuit was uh, was terrible. Yeah, the the whole like <laughs> Lars constantly the the whole like Lars Ulrich and Metallica constantly suing people for like for copying their music is especially like it seems especially egregious given how much money that particular band made off album sales and touring and like really you got like I get the dude who got screwed over by that A and R person at Sony Records or something and they're barely making shit and so they needed that money but like really Lars are you the one who is really getting screwed by Napster and LimeWire. <laughs> I'm doing it for the other guys. <laughs> I'm doing it for the Duran Durans and the, <laughs> and the Cures. All right, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. All right, article number one, ibuprofen can permanently damage your kidneys. Good. Let's legalize pot, then. It works better than ibuprofen anyway. I mean, I don't know that that would necessarily be true, especially because ibuprofen does a lot of stuff for, like, taking down swelling and things like that. I, I don't know that you could just, for instance, like, if you just had surgery and your knee was all swollen up, I don't think you could take, like, the Arayobi, drill a hole into it, put a joint out the end, light it, and then say it was working as good as ibuprofen. You're, you're being fucking ridiculous, Bobby. Of course that's not how you would take it, all right? All I'm saying is that Bob Marley was dying of foot cancer, and the, and the, the painkiller he was on worked so well, he was just like, nah, let it be. I'm going to be fine. He, he used the <laughs> walk-it-off strategy, and he wouldn't have done that if he, wasn't, if he didn't love his painkiller so much. 
foot cancer, huh? Yeah, that's how he died. I've never even heard of foot cancer. Yeah, you could get cancer in your feet, Bobby. Oh, trust me. I go to a porn website. You can get cancer. Foot, <laughs> FootTumorErection.com. I just, I don't know. I imagine just like a lot of dudes dangling their feet just outside of like poorly maintained microwaves with broken doors. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure quite how you get foot cancer. I think you're uh, you you're a kid who splashes around in puddles in like an industrial area. That's like if, if mm. like a Batman comic to be believed. Like there's just pools of toxic sludge around, and uh, kids uh, kicking their way towards a lower income elementary <laughs> school uh, will splash on rainy days. Or, and I don't mean to demean Bob Barley this way. I don't I don't know him. I don't know what he was into. But what if somebody had a foot fetish? and gave you HPV of the feet, which then, as cervical cancer comes from HPV, materialized into foot cancer. Knowing how you feel about large breasts, how comically you love large breasts, like a Tex Avery yeah. cartoon. That's right. Your joke right there makes me wonder what you've done to the general populace. What's in your wife's food? <laughs> Why are you making her sit on a microwave? Chest first. I think you're trying to hide the fact that you most certainly have HP feet. <laughs> yes, but on my uh, on unsexy areas, like I have it on my penis, and it makes it larger, but not in a good way. Oh my god, <laughs> looks like the dad from Braveheart. Oh dear. So very very interesting. Uh, this is one of those stories that I really wanted to cover on Science Faction because I bet you have not heard of it. I bet, despite the fact that many of you guys are very scientifically literate who listen to this show and you keep up with science on your own terms, I bet you have not come across this. And this is one of those fly under the general news radar stories that is super important and somehow totally overlooked and underreported. Well, I mean, we've talked on the show about how uh, just medications like Tylenol, you know, aspirin, yes. things like that, yeah. would not be passed if they were proposed today. Not aspirin. Aspirin is usually pretty good, but Tylenol, acetaminophen, is incredibly dangerous. Very slight amounts over the recommended usage can cause long-term organ damage. When some people, even like the recommended amount, could cause long-term organ damage, it would have a very hard time getting past today, indeed. Yeah, so ibuprofen doesn't doesn't bother me. You know, my, my wife takes, uh, like, because she gets migraine, takes uh, Excedrin and ibuprofen regimen every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, like sometimes I'll be hurt or something, and she'll uh, so I'll take some of her ibuprofen. She's always warning me, don't take more than five. And I'm like, I was in the military. We we munch this shit like candy because we're in constant pain. <laughs> yeah, they, that's they do hand that out. They like, hand out like IB IB eight hundreds, huh? To everybody everybody in the military. Yeah, like uh, Ranger candy. It's a nickname, Motrin Ranger candy. Uh, and there is a reason, by the way, that they're doing that instead of acetaminophen, which is because acetaminophen does damage organs even at, at uh, low to, to just slightly high levels. So uh, that's probably why. Yeah. And uh, and you can't go to sick call to get the problem fixed at its source because then you're called a huge pussy by everybody <laughs> to include the doctor. Oh, so you're getting your knee replaced, pussy. I see. <laughs> Uh, dear. So there are two really cool things about this uh, story. One is this discovery that ibuprofen, this incredibly ubiquitous drug that's all around us that we think of as safe, might actually be causing damage. And number two was how they figured it out. And we'll dive into both of those cool parts of this story. So what this paper found was that regular ibuprofen doses, the, the standard dose you can get over the counter, not even the IB800s they were giving you in the army, just the regular stuff you can go and, and buy at the local Walgreens, it turns out it could cause permanent kidney damage if combined with the right other drugs 
and you have the right preconditions for it. So once again, let's talk about ibuprofen real quick. It is a non-steroid anti-inflammatory, one of the most commonly used ones. You'll see it uh, called Motrin. It's got a whole bunch of different names, but it works to not only reduce pain, but also to reduce swelling. And it does a pretty good job of that. You'll see a lot of times people after surgery will get be get prescribed ibuprofen because not only does it help with the pain, it actually helps relieve some of the swelling as well. It's not quite uh, opiates though, is it? It's not quite oxy. No. Trying to enjoy this post-surgery. It does not have any narcotic effects whatsoever. No, I know. I know. This has all led to the reason my doctor calls me a uh, medication seeker. Yeah. First of all, it does if you cover it in fentanyl. (laughs) <laughs> you candy, like you you coat it, you sugar it like a fucking candy apple. <laughs> uh, dude, I just took an ibuprofen. Just like if my grandmother got into drug dealing, like oh, we'll put a nice fun layer of fentanyl all over it. But what this study found is that yes, while ibuprofen itself is generally safe, just the way it's used, if you combine it with very specific drugs, and not everybody who does so, but certain people who do so, actually can cause long-term, even permanent kidney damage without very much ibuprofen at all. So the particular drugs they found were diuretics and RSA inhibitors, which are commonly prescribed together in people with hypertension. And what they do is basically diuretics. Make I've done the- diuretics before. I was clear. Is that good? <laughs> no, that's that's Dianetics, Damien. Oh, that's, oh, I see. Yes. Well, my church says I can't listen to you anymore, Bobby. No, di- diuretics was the thing that those Scientologists made you take before you went into that, that room that you couldn't get out of for three months. <laughs> Until I listened to Tom Cruise and accepted his truth. Well, because diuretics make the body kind of get rid of water or take get rid of or stop holding on to water, you oftentimes will get dehydrated, which can cause acute kidney injury. And makes you an SP. <laughs> and then the RS, the RAS inhibitor and ibuprofen will then hit the kidneys again, causing what, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, the study authors called in the title of their paper, a kidney triple whammy. <laughs> this is why baseball writers shouldn't write for medical journals. We got a triple whammy on the play. Oh, look at that kidney damage. <laughs> Very, very neat. So very interesting to know if you are out there, you know anybody out there who are on diuretics and RAS, or frankly, if you're even just taking diuretics, uh, I would also avoid ibuprofen because you're you're causing your kidneys to essentially be in a state where they can be easily damaged. And then the medication comes in and is like, I'm going to fuck these kidneys up. It's like, usually the ibuprofen walking in is like a somewhat sketchy dude who's walking down your street, right? But you know a bunch of like, big old offensive lineman from the football team who are your buddies and they're standing there. And so as that guy walks by, he just nods his head and you nod your head and everybody's cool. But when your kidneys are hurt, it's like those offensive linemen went home. And now that same ibuprofen is walking by. He sees you're vulnerable and you being the kidneys and he's going to fuck you up. Next thing you know, you're a Scientologist. I gotcha. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're just giving hand jobs to dudes in Tom Cruise masks. <laughs> More Mr. Miscavige? I don't think that's, I don't even think that's Scientology. I mean, I think that's, I think you have just found something else. Yeah, this, that wishes it was Scientology. This is just being run out of a van. <laughs> that they're being very nice to let you sleep in. So you better be grateful. It's Toyota Sienatology. <laughs> Even more interesting than this, which is something, again, keep in mind in case you know anybody who is utilizing these substances, make sure they know not to use ibuprofen as well. Even more interesting 
was how they discovered it. So this came out of the University of Waterloo and they used a computer simulated drug trial to kind of model the interaction between these three drugs and what they would do to the kidneys. And they found in that trial, which is all digital by the way, so they found in this like computer model that people with certain medical profiles, that particular triple whammy type combo can cause acute kidney injury, sometimes permanent kidney injury. A triple whammy makes that sound way more fun than it actually is. It really does, right? (laughs) Makes it sound like I got that kidney injury from lifetime of drinking at Mets games or something. Oh, see, I was going a different route. Like, like, if you say the word triple and then you say whammy, whammy to me has a weird sexual connotation if it's not a baseball saying. (laughs) That's why you say it every time you orgasm. It's your wife's biggest complaint. Whammy! Yeah. (laughs) Ruins the mood. (laughs) She's brought it up to the counselor before. Let me put it that way. Yeah, well, to be fair, I've gotten better because I used to just yell it the entire time. So now it's just at the end. (laughs) Whammy! You just hear that while I'm outside, like in the main room of the library, come from the library restroom. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) He's watching a baseball game, everybody. Don't worry. Very, very cool. I love the idea that they're using computer models to do this because you got to imagine what this does. If you think of a standardized drug trial, which we will still need, obviously, but if you think of standardized drug trials, they take a long time. You got to involve a lot of people. They're really, really expensive. And if you can start modeling these using computer simulations, they're not going to replace standard drug trials, but they can certainly help narrow them down so we can get the best ones to start with. Because let me tell you, one of like the things they don't tell you, so to speak, as a member of the general public in terms of what happens in science that makes things very slow, and I'll use like COVID as an example. If we want to, let's say, make the mRNA COVID vaccine, I think I told you guys on this show, we think the COVID vaccine took eight months to, to produce. It took about two days. In January, the I think the first copy of the genome of uh, SARS-CoV-2 was was emailed over from China and they used that to create the mRNA vaccine. It took about two days to do it and the rest was testing and everything like that, right? Now, we got lucky on that because we were using mRNA and we were very specific and it was very up-to-date, et cetera. But what, what can happen is in drug trials, when you're trying a certain drug, you realize there are problems and you have to do a whole new study or a whole, whole new trial to address those problems before you can go. So if you start seeing slight acute kidney pain, now we have to investigate this kidney stuff just by itself. Etc. Etc. Whereas if you can predict those problems from the beginning, you can set up your trials better so that you only need one trial and the trials itself take much less time. So you still get the same level of safety, but because your tests are more zeroed in to the specific problems that that drug might have, you can get years and years of clinical trials done in a single clinical trial, which is a super powerful model. And it's something I can say a lot of people are talking about right now in terms of drug development and how we can accelerate it is using certain forms of basically virtual drug trials that can simulate effects using like known properties of these chemicals. You know, uh, Trump used to sell flim flam by saying without evidence that a lot of people are saying this. A lot of people are saying that this drug trial is working great. Ivermectin, cure everything. (laughs) Unless you're trying to refer to the common man, in which case you're speaking their flim flam language. Because they're fucking uh-huh. rubes. They're fucking rubes. And they like just all across the flyover portion of this country. Interrupt me, Bobby, or I'll be fucking ranting for days. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of people are saying that was a dumb comment. All right. On to article number two, <laughs> pig-hearted problems. 
Is Bebop from the Ninja Turtles having a heart surgery? He is about that age. He's older. He is older. No, I actually think he'd be, he'd be like his 60s or something. Yeah. Probably has a history of steroid abuse. So, I mean, yeah. the likelihood of him needing a, a heart transplant. Yeah, and I'm like, they never showed him smoking because that wasn't allowed at the time. But you got the feeling that that dude blew some cigs in the <laughs> alley every night. Imagine getting a heart transplant from him. You need to hope for another human who got uh, mashed up with a pig DNA into some sort of were-pig mutant, and then hope that that person was compatible. I think he's pretty fucked on the donor list. Yeah, plus they come in, he comes in with that uh, that nose ring, and the doctors just don't take him seriously, you know? <laughs> Mohawk and pink hair. Take your sunglasses off, bro, you're inside! Now, if this boar came in... He's, he's on opiates, Bobby. He wears the glasses to disguise things, all right? But if this boy had come in wearing a business suit, talked about his kids, was wearing a cross necklace or something. Much like the board again Rocksteady did when he found his own problems. <laughs> you know, I ran with a pretty tough gang in my youth. <laughs> this one guy used to try to take over New York every week. You know, I used to think ninjutsu was pretty cool. Oh my God, I want to hear Rocksteady's <laughs> testimony, his personal testimony at the local evangelical megachurch. <laughs> I was doing time for trying to rob a bank using the Technodrome. I amassed so much city damage in the street, boring a hole into the mantle of the earth where our lair was. I was so high on power at the time, I didn't realize that there was a higher power. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, uh, dear. Wow, that was, a, that was a long diatribe just off the title of this particular article. So, uh, this is... <laughs> and now Shredder is still interviewing for a henchman. <laughs> this is an interesting, though sad, story of what may have killed one of the first human recipients of a pig heart. Cholesterol, am I right? It was, for, for what it sounds like, it was rock steady in his bad days. <laughs> Yeah, we the <laughs> first time rock steady OD on opiates. Listen, let me tell you my story. How I came to Christ. I, a, I woke up in a hotel room with my horn buried in the middle of a hooker's chest. <laughs> then I realized that there was somebody whose chest was even more worthy of sticking my horn into. <laughs> That's right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, all right. We're quitting. We're quitting this podcast, and we're starting a new one where we pretend to be either badly alcoholic or reformed evangelical versions of 1980s cartoon villains. You say that, but there's a market for that. If like Adult Swim would pick us up tomorrow, if we like had like like an, a VH1 spin to it, like a VH1 celebrity interview, like uh, like hey, we're we're following Gary Busey around with a camera. <laughs> It was all fun and games until Krang got in that car accident. <laughs> no, man, Krang, you're too wasted. Don't drive. His suit's in a wheelchair. Whatever that <laughs> Why did we program this? It was so easily fixable. It's the only way he'll learn his lesson. <laughs> so we covered this guy before. We covered the idea of a human pig heart transplant, including how it took 20 years of genetic engineering just to get to that point. Remember, one of the things they had to do was engineer out alpha-gal, that protein that is in mammals except for humans that makes certain people now allergic to red meat and get the Lone Star disease. Uh, they had to engineer a pig without that and a, a bunch of other stuff, and they finally did it. And it was successful, and it was working, but the man passed away a couple of months later. 
And now we think we know why, and the answer is fucking crazy. You know, you sound a lot like Shredder. You know, Shredder genetically mutated my body. But let me tell you about somebody who genetically engineered my heart. That's right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, they call me rock steady, but let me tell you about somebody who is both rock hard and steady in my life. <laughs> The, you know, the, the Sunday morning pastor has to do what you do at the start of each show. Speaking of the <laughs> Sunday morning pastor of this show, he has to do that with whatever bullshit I'm... You could have been in religion, Bob. You could have been that flim-flam man. Oh, I absolutely could have. So, basically, 20 days after the transplant, blood tests picked up low levels of a specific virus in the guy's body. And this virus, called porcine cytomegalovirus, is a basically a virus that infects pigs. It doesn't usually cause a lot of problems for them. They usually get over it uh, just fine, but they picked it up. Now you might say, wait a second, didn't they scan for viruses and stuff? They absolutely did. But what we think might've happened is this guy, we looked for viruses in this pig before we took its heart out, nothing was there. It was probably infected with something when it was younger. Its immune system suppressed it. The virus hid out in certain cells. Some of them happened to be the heart cells. And then when they, the heart got transferred from the pig to the human, well, he's got a normal body and it's pumping heart and stuff, but what it doesn't have is that pig immune system to keep that virus suppressed. So all of a sudden the virus jumps out and starts going crazy. Now you might ask, did it jump out and get into the rest of his body? No, because this virus can't actually infect human cells. It can only infect pig cells. So we think it got out and fucked up his heart, causing a bunch of inflammation from the rest of his body, which then ended up killing him because 40 days after the transplant, he became incredibly sick and showed a sharp rise in the viral DNA levels of this porcine virus in his blood. And then eventually he died. He wasn't even motivated by the spider writing words in the web above his pen. I mean, bed. <laughs> This is even crazier if you think about the fact that, one, again, this is now something we, we've never thought of. We have to think about shit, this porcine virus. We got to make sure this thing not only doesn't have it now, but never had it if we want to transplant this organ into a person. But number two, this guy is almost certainly the first person, first human being to ever die of this virus because it doesn't infect humans. It could only infect his crazed pig heart. Zuckerman's famous patient, it said, above his bed one day, which I thought was clever for a spider, or even a pig man, even a rock steady laying there. A bebop. It was a bebop, not a rock steady. Rock steady changes life, according to the lore of the show. Let me just ask you this. So let's say that guy, unfortunately, passed, like I said. Let's say he doesn't pass uh, and he ends up surviving. How long, if he is married, how long before at some point in the argument that he has with his wife about the dishes or something else, she refers to him as that fucking pig-hearted asshole? That's, wow. I hope they don't have that toxic of a marriage where they attack each other's disabilities. I think <laughs> they do, you fucking pig-hearted asshole. <laughs> she wouldn't have done this if he didn't uh, look at that sow extra long. <laughs> if his eyes didn't linger on that sow <laughs> earlier that day. He spent too much checking out the Miss Piggy drawings on the Happy Meal box. <laughs> hey, baby, let's do Muppets Fantasy. I'll be Kermit. I don't know. How about you be, oh, let's say Miss Piggy. No, not Fozzie. <laughs> not Grimace, not again. Grimace is a completely different mascot. He's a mascot for a fast food company. And he's a purple monster. Just like what I got going downstairs. You know, that tumor, <laughs> that HPV tumor we were talking about earlier. 
Uh, Grimace must feel great because, uh, you know, technically it's an eggplant, but essentially he has become the emoji that teenagers text to each other to say they want to have sex. <laughs> is that how McDonald's, they're trying to claim the eggplant emoji? This is a bold new advertising strategy. we got to get the youth. And the youth love eggplant emojis. What if they were texting a grimace? What if we become a marketing company for McDonald's and our entire marketing plan is like a sexy grimace ad campaign where it's grimace in like different thongs and lingeries and, and things like that, you know, referencing the fact that he looks like the eggplant emoji and the entire the entire thing, is, the, the campaign is called Fuck Grimace. Now, we would obviously like do the, the hat symbol or something for the U, right, so we can get away with it. But uh, the, the symbol is fuck Grimace. And the idea is that, like, if you're the person who collects the most McDonald's points or whatever it is, you get to fuck Grimace. So the McDonald's Corporation would be sponsoring contest prostitution. It's not, that's not prostitution. You're not paying for it. So the actor will, will freely and without, without accepting compensation. No, not the actor. Grimace. <laughs> By the way, I, it, it, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I don't want to ruin. I don't want to get identified by the FBI again. But if I typed in sexy grimace into a search engine, I would not be happy with what I saw. The internet works like that. Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'd like what I saw. My wife would not like what I saw. Oh, dear. So anyway, super, super interesting. Uh, it's going to change kind of how we think of those type of viruses, how we think of making sure pigs don't have them if we're using them to supply our organs. I mean, that could probably lead to a system where these animals have to be isolated their entire lives from other pigs so that they do not get these viruses that can then be transmitted into human beings. Very, very interesting. Who would have thought? And unfortunately for this poor man, he gets to be both the first person or one of them to get a successful pig to human heart transplant and unfortunately one of the first people to ever die from a virus that only infects pigs. What if uh, these pigs, like the pigs that are used for organ transplant, are treated immaculately because this heart has to be free of disease? Like they have yeah. pig pedicures every day. Yeah. Feast upon the best of the farmer's grain. All I know, pigs eat bodies. I watch Snatch. I know pigs eat bodies. What else do they eat? <laughs> they eat anything. That's like the whole thing is they're like total obligate omnivores. You like toss anything in there and they'll eat it. And that so... was part of the speech. Pigs will eat anything. Yeah, and they do. They can eat, like, bones and stuff like that. That is true. There's a serial killer, Robert Picton, a Canadian serial killer, who is thought to have uh, fed people to pigs, though we don't know if that is true or not. But uh, it's not unrealistic. I mean, frankly... Piggy ass. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to get super into it, if you're like, ah, I got these things that'll eat bodies, it's like, it, we got insects and bacteria. All that shit'll eat bodies. You don't need pigs. Like, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, call me crazy, Bobby. You know, my brother's a cop. Let's. I'm going to run by murder scenarios <laughs> with him just so we can get sure. it on the record that he told me these things. Yeah. I, I feel like the, uh, the 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 casino scenario from uh, from the from the movie Casino, like it's a big desert and there's a lot of places to bury shit. And yeah. And as we're just discovering this week, you had Lake Mead that you could just throw barrels in <laughs> with dead <laughs> yes. bodies. And that would stay there for 40 years until you're almost certainly dead given your Vegas lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, after uh, my uh, testicles have been punctured with ice picks a few times. Oh, dear. Thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction 611, where you learned all about how ibuprofen can permanently damage your kidneys and how we have a lot more to think about when it comes to pig-hearted problems. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction. So I was sprinkling cocaine with some members of the Foot Clan onto a condom because they were going to insert it into my anus. And then I realized that there was somebody who could penetrate me even further. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Science Fiction. 
that's not right. Mm-hmm.